this evening I'm going to get into a message that <clears throat> I think is so important that many people ask this question that I'm going to be addressing this evening. And, um, and then tomorrow morning, you know, I really want to encourage you, don't miss tomorrow morning, I'm going to be speaking on, on, on how, to, how to dispossess the enemy in your life. And it's, it's really, the Lord has given me such a powerful word for tomorrow. I can't actually wait. I wish I could preach it now. But tonight's going to be good too. Amen. <laughs> All right. I think this is so important what I'm going to share with you tonight. Because many believers want to know how to grow spiritually. How to grow spiritually. And what can they do to increase their spiritual capacity? In other words, what can they do to be more anointed, to be more used by God? What can they do to grow and become more spiritual? Are you with me? If you're a Christian, we should desire to be spiritual. We shouldn't desire to be carnal Christians. You get really two types of Christians, carnal and spiritual. You're either one or the two or kind of somewhere in between. But God's desire for us is to be spiritual, to be heavenly minded. Are you with me? And so we should grow spiritually. When you get born again, your spirit man, your inner man is very, very much like a baby. And so when you get born again and your spirit man is born, your inner man, you are born and, and made new. You don't get born again and you like know all scripture and can quote the Bible backwards and, you know, have all of, you know, you, you, you're like a child. You have to grow. You have to learn. And many people want to know, how do you increase that spiritual capacity? How do you grow and how do you become a minister that can be used by God? How many of you know that ministers are not pastors and prophets and teachers only? Are you with me? Or evangelists. Ministers are each and every one of us. God has called each and every one of us to be a minister to Him and then also to minister to others. We are disciples. So in our process of growth, there are many things that happen, and many people have a desire. They, they, kind of like, they kind of like seek out to have spiritual encounters or to grow spiritually in a way, and they think that by going to different places that that's going to happen for them. Yes, whenever you go and there's a spiritual atmosphere and God is moving or there's a spiritual, spiritual activity taking place in that place, it can definitely affect you. Are you with me? But that's not the way that the Bible teaches us about growing spiritually. The Bible, has a, the Bible has a roadmap, if you want to call it that. The Bible gives us instruction on how to increase our spiritual capacity, how to grow spiritually. If, if for lack of a better word, I think that you could say it's kind of like the Bible really does have like a roadmap. It shows us and teaches us exactly what we need to do to become more spiritual. How many of you in this room desire to be more spiritual? I can tell the ones that are sleeping, definitely not you. Amen. Okay. All right. Amen. You're lucky I'm not the way I used to be. All right. Okay, I'll stop. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> I would have come and got you. <laughs> All right. Many people desire spiritual things even before they become born again. Many people have a desire to encounter or to participate or be affected by the supernatural realm. 
you must understand that there are two forces that work on the earth. There is the kingdom of darkness and there is the kingdom of God that is at work on the earth. There are two spiritual atmospheres that affect the earth, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. And the spiritual atmosphere or spirituality or the supernatural is affected by one of the two areas, one of the two realms, darkness or, the, or, or, or God. I don't even want to say light because the enemy can also disguise himself as light. I saw on Facebook yesterday a, um, a, an ad, and the ad said uh, that there was a board game, and the board game was Holy Spirit. What was it called? Holy Spirit board game, and it was a Ouija board. And underneath it at the bottom, it said, Goodbye, Jesus. And it had a picture of Jesus on the board. Are you with me? Now, most of you go, ooh, because you know. But there are some people, young Christians, young people, that will go, oh, this is from God. You know, the Holy Spirit's now going to talk to me. Are you with me? That's hectic. You know what I'm saying? So it's so important for us to understand that in order for us to truly increase our spiritual capacity, to grow deeper with God, to encounter the presence and the power and the Spirit of God, it's important that we have a certain foundation to enable us to make sure that we are meeting with God. So the first thing, the first encounter, the first stage, the first thing that needs to happen for every believer is they must encounter Jesus. Step number one, point number one. The first thing is that nothing from, from within the spiritual atmosphere, no communication with God, no coming to God, no praying to God for us in any way should be done outside of Jesus. The way to the Father is through Jesus. There is no other way. There is no idol. There is no saint. There is no other anything. There is no medium. There's no fortune teller. There's no, there's no divination. There's no, there's no nothing. The only way and the first thing that you need before you try and enter into any spiritual climate or atmosphere is to first give your life to Jesus. He's the one who guarantees us eternal life. He's the one who loves us. He's the one who's given his life for us, who spilt his blood for us, who allowed us and gave us access to that spiritual realm. What you may not realize is in the dark arts or forces or whatever you want to call it, they do so many things or practice so many rituals and things that were practiced in the ancient of days because they know that it gives you access to, spiritual, to the spiritual atmosphere. But you must understand, if you're not operating by God, it's illegal. And in order for you to be given access spiritually, when it's not through Christ, when it's not through Jesus, and it's not the Holy Spirit, you must understand that some entity has given you access. And as soon as you do that, that, act, that entity now has legal right to operate in your life. So the only way, the way we start to desire to grow spiritually, the first thing we have to do is give our lives to Jesus, to come to salvation. The Bible teaches us this so clearly, and there's so much scripture. But let me just read a few. 1 John 5, 11, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Are you not grateful for that? And this life 
is in His Son. Outside of Jesus, we have no promise of eternal life. We have no promise of going from this world. You must understand, when you die, you enter the spirit realm. Come on, somebody. When you die, you enter that dimension. So in order to have that life, there's only one way the Bible teaches us, and that's through Jesus. There is no other way. John 10.10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus has also come to give you an abundant life. So when you get saved... Yes, you grow spiritually, but God also wants to bless you in the natural too. Here on earth, He wants to bless you. How many of you know the blessing isn't bad? Come on, somebody. The blessing isn't bad. The blessing of God, the hand of God, the provision of God, the favor of God, that's a wonderful thing and is available to us through Jesus. No other way. No other way. Any other way is illegal. Any other way is not real or is temporary, will not give you everlasting life and life here more abundant. The only way is through Him. I know this is simple, is basic, but this is very powerful. Jesus said this, John 14, 6. He said, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Some people come to the Father except through me. The Bible tells us clearly, no one. Everybody say no one. So who can get to the Father unless they go through Jesus? Who can have access to spiritual things, to the voice, to the, to the power, to the presence of God, to intimacy with God? Who can have access to it without Jesus? No one. The only way that we can enter into anything, listen, there is no tradition, there is no ritual, there is no sacrament, there is nothing that will enter you into covenant and relationship and intimacy and life with God other than Jesus. So the first key is a true, real encounter with Jesus Christ. And once you have given your life to Him, your spirit becomes born again. And when you are born again, you now, your eyes are now opened up. You have now entered into true life. What was dead is now alive. You've been risen already. In, on the inside, your spirit man is now going to live forever. Are you with me? That's the beginning point of growing spiritually. Anything. Anything outside of that, you don't want it. You don't want gimmicks. You don't want tricks. You don't want shortcuts. You want the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. Nothing else. The living God. The one who came as a sacrifice lamb and gave his life for you and I so that we could enter into that covenant with him. There is no other way. That's point number one. I think you got it. All right. It's very interesting because what most believers don't understand is that this next point that I'm going to share with you, I believe is so neglected in the body of Christ today. I honestly think that here at Oceans, a lot of you know this. But maybe if you're newer to the church, 
maybe you didn't realize this. And if you're watching online, there's definitely a possibility that you've never been taught this. You see, we have an encounter with Jesus. But what's so important is that once you've encountered Him, you must meet the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. When Paul had his encounter on the road to Damascus, the first person he met was Jesus. He was blind, and the one who opened his eyes was the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, when Ananias went to, 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 to Paul, did I say Peter? It was Paul, okay? So when Ananias went to Paul when he was blind, after his encounter with the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was sitting and he was blind. And he went in there and he laid hands on him. And the Bible tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So you must understand, he'd given his life to Jesus. He'd had this encounter with Jesus. But right after this was him, him being introduced to the Holy Spirit. And we know from Scripture that Paul had an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that he prayed in the Spirit more than most, more than you all, he says, in one place. Paul walked with the Lord, and he had an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's a place in Scripture that says, when, when, when Paul goes to, to, uh, he goes to Ephesus, and when Paul goes to Ephesus, when he gets to the city of Ephesus, there's some believers there. And those believers, they, 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 they know the Lord, they serve the Lord. And Paul asks them about the Holy Spirit, and their response is, we've not so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Do you know that it's like that in the church today? That there are people walking around that have been saved for 25 years that have no idea who the Holy Spirit is. He is so important. Well, Pastor Alex, you know, there's more important things than that. Have you read the book of Acts? When, when the gospel was preached in Samaria, what happened was Philip goes to Samaria, preaches the gospel. People are being delivered. Demons are being cast out. They're having an encounter with Jesus. Joy fills the city. Philip leaves Samaria. And we know the story that John and Peter go to Samaria to see what's going on. And the Bible says they prayed for them and laid hands on them. Why? So that they could receive the Holy Spirit. They wanted to make sure. And this pattern is repeated over and over and over in Scripture. But yet today in the church, there's no emphasis on knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. And why do I say person? Because Jesus told us about him. Let me show you what I'm talking about. You see, you'll encounter Jesus. But the one who will reveal truth to you, the one who will open your eyes to see what God wants to show you is the Holy Spirit. John 15, 26, this is Jesus speaking. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Listen, when the Holy Spirit is moving, when the Holy Spirit is working, the one who's testified about, the one who's glorified is Jesus. There is no jealousy in the Trinity, but the Holy Spirit is always pointing us to Jesus because that's where the grace comes from. That's where the life comes from. That's where the peace comes from. That's where the joy comes from. Are you with me? 
So he's always pointing us to Jesus. He says, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's go to John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Everybody say him. I want you to see that Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit not as it, not as the wind, not as a force, not as a power. He refers to the Holy Spirit as a him. Why? Because him is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit, the part of God that Jesus has sent to us to minister to us, to speak to us. In fact, the Bible teaches us that he lives on the inside of you. You're reading your Bible and you're praying and, and all of a sudden something comes to you and it's like, man, is that God? Could that be the Lord? And you're like, well, how do you know? Well, let me ask you do, you, do you talk that way? Do you speak that way? Is that how you normally think or does that, that suggestion, that voice that comes from inside you, is that possibly the Spirit of the Lord that's speaking to you? People are waiting for, Jason. Thou shalt not go to the kitchen this morning. doesn't work that way, guys. The Holy Spirit speaks to you from the inside. You have to get to know Him. Oh, my God, you've got to get to know Him. Let me tell you something. When you begin to hear His voice, when you begin to grow spiritually, when your spirit man becomes more sensitive to the spirit and your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions becomes more sensitive to your spirit man, you are able to discern while you're busy praying, while you're busy ministering, while you're busy speaking, you're able to discern that that's the voice of God, that that's the voice of the spirit that's moving on the inside of you, that's showing you something powerful. Are you with me? so powerful. He says, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, everybody say he, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you. Look at this. He will guide you into all truth. I think it's important that we get to know him. He will guide you into all truth. He will, he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He'll even tell you things about the future. You don't need to go to that fortune teller. Why do you want the imitation when you can have the divine? Let me put it to you this way. When you seek to hear from that realm and it's not from the voice of God, I want you to know it isn't demonic spirit that's speaking. It is not the spirit of God. It is a spirit from another realm that you don't want to be communicating with. 
And the sad thing is that oftentimes they'll lie. And then you'll get so filled with fear that you begin to empower that word. We could talk about this a long time, but that's not my message this evening. You have an ability to hear from God about things that are coming. Things that you need. Don't get mad at me. That's what the Bible says. He will show you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Listen, you will not understand your Bible until you know the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who opens up the scriptures to you. He's the one who changes this, the word into life. He takes the logos and makes it rhema. He takes what's dead and brings it alive. You see, you don't become spiritual by knowing the Word. There are many, many people that know the Word. But without the Spirit, the Word is just a letter. And in fact, without the Spirit, the Word will make you critical and religious. But Jesus gives life. The Spirit opens your eyes. Now, don't worry, we're going to get to the Word. The Word is very important. But the Word in itself, many people believe that if they just study the Word, if they just know the Word, if they can just, and yes, you should do that, but not on its own. Because without the relationship, you will not hear from Him. Without the, the, the Holy Spirit being present, there will be no power. So we need him pretty badly, I'd say. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The first thing, guys, is you must encounter Jesus. His mercy, His love, His goodness. You need to understand what He did for you when He died on that cross. And once you've tasted and seen and you know that He is good, you cannot be the same again. And then what He does is He does not leave you orphans, just as He told His disciples. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll send the helper. So now you've had this encounter with Jesus and you're all excited. And guess what? Then the Holy Spirit comes. And he's the one who talks to you and has relationship with you and intimacy with you. He's the one who will cause you to grow. Are you with me? But every encounter with any spirit must be judged by the word. So the third thing that every believer needs to be able to grow spiritually is the Word of God. Don't think you can go to church services, get hands laid on you. You can just go to prayer meetings, but you never get in the Word. You will become seriously flaky. And believe every spiritual experience that you have, and I've met so many of them. And I don't say that in an ugly way. It's sad. How many people are tossed to and fro because they don't know the Scriptures? 
and their spiritual experiences are all based on feelings. And you'll find that a lot, a lot of times these are the ones that go from church to church. Because the high isn't going to last here. They need to go somewhere where it's a little bit more or crazier, whatever you want to call it. They need, a, they need a different experience to satisfy that desire. Where every encounter must be judged by the Word of God. Listen. Personally, when I was a younger Christian, I had more encounters with God in prayer. Now I have more encounters with God in the Word that leads to prayer. Because I'll be in the Word and God will show me something and I get so excited that it turns into a prayer meeting. Or let me put it to you this way. It turns into a conversation. But without the word, you can't judge anything. Anything that is said to you, anything that is told to you about your future, about your family, you must be able to, to judge it by the word. People, people don't understand how important that is. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 verse number 12, for the word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Listen, it will reveal everything to you. With the Holy Spirit, the Word will show you what's in you. The Word will reveal what's going on on the inside of you. The only way sometimes that you will know what is really truth is because of the Word. Because we get so caught up in our feelings, what we desire, what we want, that we want to believe that this is okay. Maybe the youth will agree with me. Are you, are you, are you guys with me? You know what I'm saying. But then when you go to the Word, it shows you that this is truth. It shows you that this is wrong. It shows you that this is the way it's supposed to be. We need the Word, guys. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. If you want to know how to live, if you want to know how to have your marriage, how to run your business, how to raise your children, how to do life, guess what? The Bible will teach you everything you need to know. You don't need five steps. To prosperity, the Bible will tell you what to do. You don't need to know how you're supposed to discipline your children. The Bible will tell you what to do. Well, I don't really agree. Well, that's your problem. When you get to heaven, you tell God he was wrong. If you make it. Because your arguments might just not get you to the right place. Come on, somebody. <laughs> How can I say that? Because if the truth isn't in you, what's in you? If the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness, the Bible says. In other words, if the truth isn't there, and that truth that you call truth is supposed to be light, but that light is actually darkness, the question is, then how great is that darkness? Because it's actually deceiving us. 
The Bible teaches us, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Listen, listen. Bombs can come, explosions can come, raptures can take place, heavens and earths can be shaped and changed, but one thing will remain all the days of your life in this age, in the next age, and that is the Word of God. Let me tell you something, you can count on it, you can rely on it, you can prophesy it, you can pray it, you can speak it, you can teach it to your children. Let me tell you something, that that is the truth and will always be the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1.23 says this, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Everybody say forever. Come on, somebody, forever. Forever. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flowers of the grass the grass withers and it fl- and the flowers fall away but the word of the lord endures forever now this is the word which by which the gospel was preached to you Oh, brothers and sisters, children of God, Oceans Unite Christian Center and the rest of the world watching, let me say this to you this evening, that in this day and age, you need to open your Bible. You need to read the scriptures. You need to teach them to your children. You need to eat it like breakfast and have it for dinner and let it be a part of you. Let it teach you. Let it show you. And let the Holy Spirit open up the scriptures to you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love the word. Oh, I love his word. Let me tell you something. We're in Israel. And while you're in Israel, you're looking at all the stones and the monuments and the rocks and stuff. And then you just say one thing from the scripture and everybody's eyes begin to water and everybody begins to have an encounter with the Lord because it's the word of God when it's breathed, when it's spoken by the inspired Holy Spirit. He will bring everything to life that's dead. Hallelujah. When Satan challenged Jesus, when Satan challenged Jesus, all he said was, it is written. Why? Why did he do that? Because he knew that that could not be challenged. You see, the thing is that Satan knows it. Jesus knows it. But do you know it? Because if you go there, mm, 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 man shall not live by bread alone. The devil's going to go, mm, yeah, he doesn't believe it. <laughs> but when God speaks, guys, and you know it, you speak that word with confidence and with boldness. Because you know that heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will by no means pass away. Amen. (laughs) 
Joshua 1.8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The word meditate there actually means to, to meditate on it, but actually it means to speak it. So that word becomes so alive in you. You're meditating on it. You're reading it. You're speaking it. I'm not saying to you that you mustn't live your life. I'm not saying to you that you mustn't do your job. A good Christian will do his job really well. But in your spare time, make sure you give some of it to the King of Kings. Make sure that you, you want to grow spiritually. Make sure that you go to the place where it begins to happen. Watching days of our lives will not increase your spiritual capacity. Amen. I know it's relaxing to lie on the couch and watch. And then you think if you watch The Chosen for the 14th time that it'll make you spiritual. It's great. It's good. But we want a, a word from the Lord. I'm not against watching The Chosen. Relax. Please. Amen. I'm just saying make time for God. Make time for Him. And that leads me to my next point. See, first it's salvation, encountering Jesus. Then it's understanding and meeting the person of the Holy Spirit and understanding the ministry of the Spirit. And then it's bringing everything and every encounter and everything you experience into subjection to the Word of God, which you must, in, in, in order for you to be able to do it, you need to know it. You've got to make sure that I don't say something that isn't right. Are you with me? And everybody else that you watch and listen to and read. But the next way that we increase our spiritual capacity and our, and our, and our, and our, our spiritual growth is so affected by prayer. Prayer is so powerful, guys. I, I, I cannot tell you how important prayer is and how I value the ministry of prayer and how it's prayer that got me started. Hours of prayer, hours in His presence because I was so desperate. I saw my pastor, he was so on fire for God, and I thought, if he can do it, so can I. I have to do it. What, is it. what do you do, Pastor Harold? No, I pray. Okay, I'm going to do that. And I began to pray, and I began to pray, and I began to seek the Lord. And you don't even realize it at the time, but God is beginning to do things. When you seek Him, the Bible says you will find Him. If you seek Him with all of your heart, He will reveal Himself to you. The Bible teaches us in Colossians 4.2, I cannot teach you all about prayer this evening. I'm going to do a whole series on prayer at some point this year. I said I would, I will. But Colossians 4.2 says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue earnestly. That doesn't mean that you must pray nonstop from morning to night. It just means that your prayer life must be continuous, that you must not just stop you must continue every day. Make it part of your life. Praying is so critical. It is so vital. When my wife and I pray together, it makes a difference. 
it makes a difference. I honestly believe we would not be here today, this church would not be here today if it were not for the foundation that we laid in prayer. We prayed. At the, in the beginning, guys, we prayed so much. Hours and hours and hours. I remember three hours, three-hour prayer meetings. You come for an hour now and you struggle. Back then, three hours was nothing. Cheyenne would be exhausted <laughs> after three hours of prayer. Every day sometimes. We would go, we would pray, we would pray, we would pray. Why? Because we were totally dependent on God. We knew we couldn't build anything without Him, without His presence. So we pressed in and we pressed in and the guys came, just like they do now. They came, I couldn't believe it. Five o'clock in the morning, they'd be there. And we'd pray to seven. They'd come and we'd pray and we'd pray and we'd pray. Why? Because this is how I was taught. I knew it worked. I had no doubt that it worked. And so we would do this. We would pray and we would pray. And we're going to pray some more. Even here, we're going to pray more. Amen. We're going to do more prayer, more intercession. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious of nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, if you want... If you want peace, if you want joy, encounter Jesus. Walk with the Holy Spirit. Get into prayer. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Spend time with God. Make a place in your life. I'm not telling you you mustn't live. You must live. Enjoy every day. And when you wake up tomorrow, be grateful because it's not guaranteed. But that day that he's given you, give some of it to him. Because he is worthy and, he, and, he, and he's worthy of it. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our time. Hallelujah. First Timothy 2, 1 says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. There are different types of prayer. I can't wait to teach you about it. But we should pray. We should intercede. We should come before God. The Bible teaches us in James 5, 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. But look at what it says next. The effectual Effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I want you to know that your prayers, when you seek God, when you're fervent, they make a difference. They avail much. They affect the spiritual atmosphere. They affect the atmosphere at your, at, with your children at school. They affect the atmosphere at your business. That, that employee, that, that, that associate that you work with, that harasses you, that's so bad for you, that's so bad to you, don't fight with them and curse back at them. Go and pray against the demon that's operating in their life. Don't pray. Listen to me. Don't pray against them. That's witchcraft. Pray against the spirit. Pray against the spirit, Lord. That spirit in that person that is 
persecuting the, that in me that is coming against me. I ask, Lord, that you will deal with that spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Do it every day for 21 days, and that person will become your best friend. I'm telling you this from experience. I've seen it. Prayer works. Prayer increases your spiritual maturity. It's in prayer that you learn to see and to hear from God. It's in the presence of the Lord that we are transformed and changed. So first it's Jesus. Then the Holy Spirit the word, and then prayer. And the last thing that I truly believe will change each and every one of us spiritually and cause you to grow so much is worship. And we could bring praise into this too. I could add more things, but I'm gonna stop at worship this evening. Worship, guys, is so powerful. But you see, we always we always want to make it about an expression. In other words, what we do when we lift our hands or we, or we just, Lord, I give you my heart. And, and that's so good. And, it, and it, it is so powerful. And I've had so many wonderful moments like that. But did you know that the very first place that worship is mentioned in the Bible doesn't have any of that in it? The first place where worship is mentioned is when Abraham has to go and sacrifice his son Isaac. And the Bible says this, watch this. God tells Abraham that he must go and sacrifice his son Isaac on Mount Sinai. And Genesis 22 verse 4 says this, Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. He says, listen, we're going to go up the mountain and we're going to worship. What was his worship? His worship was sacrifice and obedience. His worship was sacrifice and obedience. He was going to go up that mountain and make the sacrifice that was necessary to worship the Lord. To truly surrender to God. If you want your life, your spiritual capacity to really change where God will make you a nation out of you. Be obedient to Him. Be willing to sacrifice. Be willing to come not only in word and expression, as beautiful as it is, but actually physically do it. Make my life a living sacrifice to you, God. In one of the most beautiful stories in Scripture where you see an expression of worship when someone recognizes that God is with them or that the Lord is before them is the story of Joshua. When he's about to take the walls of Jericho. Man, I, love, I could preach this a million times. I don't care if you're tired of it or not. <laughs> I just love it so much because I can physically see it. And the Bible says in Joshua 5.13, it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. 
And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? I'm not going to get into that. So he said, but uh, no, but as command of the army of the Lord, I have come, I have now come. So Joshua is asking him if, whose side is on. And when the Lord answers him, Joshua recognizes who it is that stands before him. Guys, don't come to church and not recognize your hour of visitation. Never become familiar with the fact that you have an opportunity to worship God any moment, at any time. Don't take for granted because we don't like the song or whatever it is. It's an opportunity. I know it's hard. Sometimes a song I don't like and I'm like, oh my God, not this one again, Lord. This is not the one. I can't worship you to this, you know. But look at the response. You must understand that when we are in His presence together, we are on holy ground. And He is with, He, he is, you know, let me tell you something. I want to preach a sermon about this, but you know, when I was in Israel, there were certain places where I experienced the presence of God so strong. When I was at Mount Carmel, where the fire of God came from heaven and fell down on that sacrifice on Mount Carmel, you could physically, tangibly feel the presence. When I was in Shiloh, where in Shiloh, where the ark was for 368 years, you know the ark, the presence of God was physically in that location for 368 years. And 2,000, and no, no, like 4,000, 3,000 something years later, here I am standing in that place where the presence of God was, and you can feel that presence. You can feel that presence of God. When I went to Bethel, where Jacob had his dream, and the angels were ascending and descending, I was standing there because the Lord came down and visited him in that place and in that place you could tangibly feel the presence of God I was standing in the fire of God was burning on the inside there was nothing there there was nothing there but in the spirit the, I, I could feel it I could feel that he'd been there when you go to a place where God is moving when there's an opportunity to worship do as Joshua did when the Lord is before you do as Joshua did listen to what the Bible says the Bible says this and so he said no but as commander of the army of the Lord, I, I have now come. And the Bible says, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and he worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? My God, Lord, let this be our prayer in this place. Lord, let this be our prayer, God. Father, you have given us everything. We don't need tricks and, and different doctrines that, that don't even come out of Scripture to cause us to be closer to you. Your word clearly spells it out. You have given us the, the roadmap. You have given us every tool we need. First, you have given us Jesus. And we are so grateful, Lord, that you have given us your son, Father, that we can serve him and love him. He is our King of kings and Lord of lords. It's because of his blood that we can be here. But just like 
he said to his disciples, listen, you've encountered me, but now I will not leave you as orphans. He has sent us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are here with us, and you are the one who teaches us and shows us things to come. You are the one who opens the eyes of our understanding. You are the one who reveals things to us. You are the one who speaks to us, who wakes us up at night and causes us to pray. You are the one that's here with us right now, and the one that opens up the Scriptures to us, the Word of God, the Word of God, which is the final authority, the Word of God, which is living and breathing, and that will never pass away. And Lord, with your Word, we can enter into covenant and prayer and intercession and supplications and pray your Word and speak your Word and declare your Word and come before you because of your Word, knowing that we are your children, your your covenant children. And Father, with your Word, we can enter into prayer, seeking you and coming after you with everything inside of us. But tonight, in this place, we choose to worship you, Lord. We choose to worship you. Because you are holy. You are holy, Lord. And we love you so much. We love you so much, Jesus. Yes, Lord, I want to grow spiritually. But I only want to do it with more of you. That you would open our eyes. Like I did when I was young, Lord, I would pray and say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent, the Son of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I would do everything in my power, Lord, to make sure that I was coming to you and only you. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking there's any other way And let our posture be like Joshua was. See, he didn't just fall down. He said to the Lord, here I am, and I'm your servant. Just like Abraham went up and was willing to serve and sacrifice. Father, tonight in this place, I pray for every person. Saturday night, Lord. And here they are in the house of the Lord. And there is nowhere else we'd rather be right now than right here with you. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will fill everyone afresh tonight. That you will breathe on everyone in this place, Lord. If we've lost our way, if there's anyone that's lost their way, Father, that you would refresh them this evening. That you would make them whole, God. Your presence is here. And we are so grateful.
Hallelujah. Just take a minute right there where you are. This is my desire to worship you, to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Come on, let's sing that song. This is my desire to honor you. This is our prayer this evening, Lord. We desire to worship you, to follow you, to grow in you, God. We're so grateful for your love and for your mercy. We're still here, Lord. And we're so thankful to you. Let us never take for granted your presence, our ability to worship the enemy cannot take our choice to worship you away from us. And so we choose to worship you. I pray, Father, tonight that not one person would leave here this evening the same, but that your word would be 
planted in their hearts this evening, that their hearts would be prepared, soft, God, to receive the seed that has gone out this evening. And I pray, Lord, that it would cause change and transformation and spiritual growth in the lives of every person in this room and those watching online. We are truly grateful to you, truly thankful to you. We love you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you need prayer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the service and we'll open up the altar. And if anybody needs prayer, I'll have some leaders up here. We'd love to pray for you. We love you guys so much. I pray that you really take this word tonight. You know, I feel like I could go out and minister to individuals, but I really feel tonight that it's the Lord saying, hey, I want you to minister to me. Amen. So let's take this word and implement it in our lives on a daily basis. And let me tell you something. You will become a spiritual giant if you do it. You will grow in understanding and wisdom and knowledge and discerning of spirits. And the gifts of the spirit will operate in your life. If you just follow those basic keys that the Bible, you don't need fancy revelation or fancy this or fancy that. Listen, I love revelation, but all I'm telling you is that if you truly want to grow spiritually, those are the only things you need. Amen. I'm going to release you, Father. I thank you so much for what you have done in our hearts this evening. Thank you for your word that has gone out. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Thank you, Father, for your presence that is manifest in this place that will surely change our hearts forever. We honor you. We love you. We praise and worship you. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you as we leave this place tonight. Go in the the peace of the Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.